Review copy provided by PlayStation. Spoiler alert! We have all finished this game. This is your last warning to get out now. Go finish God of War, then come back and watch this. You have three seconds, two seconds, one. Spoilers are activated. And they are <laughs> happening. Spoiler mode, spoiler mode, final warning, spoiler mode, activated. We're joined by Corey Barlog. How are you feeling right now? Fucking fantastic. <laughs> Today is a, a great day. Uh, you know, I've been working on this day for years, so to actually be at a point where I don't really have to worry about the game anymore, yes. it's out there, uh, and it's it's being played by everybody. Yes. So it's amazing. It amazing day. good. When you finish something that you spend so much of your life on, is the immediate feeling like... I just need to take a break, I'm gonna go hit the beach, or is it like, no, let's get going on the next game immediately? Yeah, I'm pale as a motherfucker, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't go to the beach. Okay. Uh, sure. My immediate is, actually, with this one, it's more like I get to go around, I want to talk to as many people as I can, but on May 15th, I'm gonna disappear, man. I'm gonna go into a cave, and I am gonna uh, be absent to the world for a couple of months, and just get bored, right? Get back sure. to the play some games, time. maybe play a lot of games. Yeah. Man. I'm movies. actually gonna finish some games. Yes. I'm gonna binge watch the hell out of all the things that I've been missing. So, yeah, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be an uh, entertainment overload. Yes. I think that's a really good psychological trick. Like, get so bored that you're like, yeah, maybe it is time to start working on myself into that right. again. Yeah. So it's either gonna be I get bored or my my wife says, yeah, you get to get back to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We what? need to get some money. You need to go back to work. <laughs> What's one game you're looking forward to play? I actually just started the first hour of Far Cry 5. Nice. And I was pretty damn blown away with what they did. Like, I was pretty surprised with that. The, the little nuggets of saying, like, oh, I heard this person was uh, lasting at their cabin, but they haven't talked to him in a while. And then you just kind of investigate and go out. Like, that Those are is fun. Yeah. awesome. That right there made me realize, like, okay, look, I don't like open world games mm -hmm. because I don't like the homework that it assigns me right away. Yeah. Right? You open the map and you're just like, dude, this is high school all over again. Uh, but that game did not have any of that it felt like i could agree organically explore the world uh and i wish i had more time so that one in origins uh i started both oh, of those games yes. yeah, yeah. and i've got a good two hours three hours into each one of them but no time to play i feel like those sort of not so great guitarists who can play like the first minute of every song <laughs> that's what i do i play the first like mm -hmm. hour of every game and i never get to finish anything so yeah, it's pretty soon i'm gonna finish a lot of stuff may 15th yeah Unless it's a Switch game, and then I play them on the plane all the time. Yeah. So I've just been traveling and playing Switch games. All right, let's dive right into it. Jones had a crazy idea last night. We're going Harry Potter style. We're going to open at the close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Unorthodox. I like it. This moment, the final moment, the final reveal. Mm. Loki. Son We're of a bitch, right? Did you expect it? No. 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 No, no. no. no one did. No. no. Not even anything. Were you expecting, oh, he's going to get revealed to be somebody? No. No? I, I had in the back of my mind, like, is Loki going to show up? And I remember yeah. Huber had finished it, and I asked him, is Balder Loki? And he's like, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> and so my mind just kind of went wild with possibilities, but I was definitely not expecting yeah. it to be Atreus Well, I think all. one of the things that really contributed to that point is we never see Odin. We never, I mean, we, we do see Thor, but kind not. Kind of, yeah. You know, we're introduced to the concept of Thor, yep. but we really yeah, don't, yeah. you know. Uh, we don't really Instinctually, get, did all of you taste. go home? 
Uh, yes. Was your instinct to go home? Yes. Not, immediately, Not immediately, but I knew something was going to happen. Right. I, I, I just a couple extra homework because I actually was not. I it was funny. Uh, we had. Some of the guys come over, and he said Loki right as I heard that gate clink, and I was like, oh, oh. And like, so I shut the game off, and then told Brad where I was, and he's like, you're at credits right there. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So I opened it back up, and then because I knew where I was, I'm like, I, I want to go light the towers around the lake. I mm-hmm. want to go. There's a couple things that I yep. realized that I hadn't finished, and then when I saw it was a fast travel option, I was like, oh, I can just go there. Because that was always tricky for me. I kept having that question of like, can I go home right now? You know, I was like looking at the map. I'm like, that how did I get awesome. here? I went that river, and then... Yeah. Yeah, Freya's not really happy with me right now, yeah. so maybe... I tried to do that, and one of the paths was blocked yeah. by, like, thorns or something and branches. Yeah. I was like, hmm. Man, See, I, I went home... Desire to go home. Yeah. I went home immediately. I was like, Kratos is going to bed. Like, <laughs> oh, after We're that whole back. journey? Yeah. yeah, I did the same yeah. thing, dude. I was like, I earned this rest yes, right absolutely. now. absolutely. Oh, I fantastic. very much felt that. See, that's uh, we had a lot of discussions about that. I loved the idea of, in the... The dialogue, we talk about let's go home. Mm-hmm. But then we give you the assignment of like, hey, look, you can do whatever you want, right? right? Go and explore the world, uh, you know, find new things that here are the things that are potentially there. But everyone's like, no, we got to give them like the marker and, and guide them straight back home. Like, no, 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 no. That's what's so awesome is that mm-hmm. half the people won't even think of it, right? right? And then yeah. you'll have that moment like I had when I was a kid when you go to school the next day and somebody goes, yeah, but did you go home? And then you're like, what? <laughs> and then all you want to do is get home quickly so you can go home and you can be like, oh my God. Like that, those kinds of like classic gaming moments where you're not forced, but you got enough information where you're mm-hmm. given that little uh, indicator of something cool might happen. Yeah. And then, of course, when you do go home, you get a little a little epilogue, if you will. You yes. finally do get to go to bed. Yeah. Right. right yeah. <laughs> and you feel the exhaustion on, on Kratos, which right? is amazing. He's like, oh. You know, I have they been that. awake this whole time? <laughs> <Right>? Yeah, <laughs> they've been awake and they haven't eaten. Yeah, that whole time. So you you get the reveal, you go to sleep, and it's you know years later, and Thor shows up outside. And what I loved about this was Thor shows up, and and he's been hyped up so much mm-hmm. throughout this the game, game about yeah. being just so powerful. So it's such a dick. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, that's the, the yeah. I learned the was. Norse gods are all kind of dicks <laughs> yeah. playing yeah. this game. Like the true sort of poetic Eddas describe these guys as not very good people, right? Some of them are good, but a lot yeah, of them are of not very nice. Tear. Yeah. Tear was good. right? Tear was the good god. Everybody yeah. loved that guy, right? He was he was the original god of war. So he was. Uh, it's interesting to play around with that character to determine how much he's going to be part of the world, and he was the the world building backdrop for a lot of what we did. So. And I love that it, it's not just we're dealing a lot of times with Odin or Thor's dickishness directly. It is the dickishness that they've passed on mm-hmm. to people that they've influenced over, yep. and then that's what you're directly dealing that's with. That's that theme of family, that, that through every interaction, you are learning either a cautionary tale, like Kratos and Atreus, pay attention because you don't want to do this, or, hey, this is a good model. You should be looking at this. They're right. doing something that's decent, right? But yeah. Thor is... Not that guy. Yeah. Not a good model, right? His <laughs> yeah. kids are also not that great. Um, so so we see that, and it's years later, but then we come back to present day. Yeah. And just that little interaction with Atreus telling Kratos, like, hey, you know, I, I saw something. I right. saw this. And I looked exactly the same years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I figured, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a... It's a vision. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I worked hard to get you that armor. You better be in it in the right. cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we're working our way back. We're, we're talking about the themes of family and, you know, that final encounter with 
with Balder, with Freya, finally finding out that Freya is is Balder's mother. Yeah, the cause and his affliction, I guess. Yeah, and and just that whole encounter was so emotional because Freya had your back for for so long in mm-hmm. this, and it just it really hit me hard of like family first you know like we can be friends but once family gets involved all bets are off yeah and And it's that like uh uh sort of unequivocal love that she has which she's like look she's willing to die Mm -hmm. so that he can live right and it doesn't matter that what she did completely messed him up she's not ready to process that Mm -hmm. right she's still dealing with the fact that odin is a giant giant douche right and, and the things that he did to her right because he's the, he's the psychological warrior mm-hmm. right odin is is kind of this character that he's not about punching you in the face right he's about you know the psychological manipulation of saying we're gonna get a divorce and i'm gonna make your son choose me mm-hmm. right how messed up yeah. is that yeah. right so that everybody has such weird tragedies going on in their life and to me i kind of always look at Freya as going into this origin story uh, similar to Kratos's. So what you're experiencing in this game is the origins of this character that I see really growing throughout the genesis of this this entire project. And and it's a very interesting way because like what you were saying, that we went through a lot of crazy stuff in that final battle because so many people attached to Freya, loved working with Freya. She was right. such a great character. So to have that thing where it felt like she's an adversary Mm -hmm. and then kind of not understanding why she's making the choices that she is you know that last line where Atreus says I don't understand why would she let him kill her that doesn't make any sense right and Kratos saying you know it's her son I would do the same for you. That, mm-hmm. and, and that, I, I want to talk about that because I, I, I thought Atreus was such an, uh, a fascinating element of those scenes and of that entire conclusion. Um, not only having him question that and having Kratos have the answer be like, makes perfect sense to me. Right. He says, well, you, I mean, you know, you wouldn't do that for me, would you? He says, of course I would, you know, yeah. because, and you will never understand that. Like so many things that Atreus won't understand until yeah. you actually get to experience it for yourself. And to me, the most shocking thing was not... Uh, you know, Freya turning against Kratos, but Freya turning against Atreus. That that moment because yeah. it was she always mm-hmm. was kind of like, all right, I'll deal with you, Kratos. Like I like the moment earlier where where he tries to apologize and she's like, you know what, you don't need to. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm gonna forgive you for right. that. We're not we just cool. don't need to get into it right. because we're both gods. We understand what this is like. But she always had Atreus's back. She'd always end any kind mm-hmm. of mean thing she said to Kratos by turning to Atreus <laughs> and be like, I, I like you. Right. You know, I have hope for him because you're around. But then ultimately, when she turned to just the both of them and said, right. uh, you know. That, you, you, you've, you've crossed the line. That line where Atreus is like, will I see you again? As much or as little as you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> um, uh, I love, you You mentioned the boss fight and how to kind of implement that. And I, I want to commend you for how well you did it because of the fact that you're not directly fighting Freya. There's no like Freya, huge health bar. Yeah, you're not like, punching you know, in the hack face. Hack away at Freya. It's, it's just kind of, it's almost like through the design of the fight itself, you can feel Freya's hesitation where like the more you beat up Balder, she's like, okay, well I have to step in and do this right. thing, but she's not constantly uh, antagonize you. It's just like something that's kind of off to the side and I think it really spoke uh, to that communication really well. And another thing that I loved about Freya so much is I feel like kind of up until that point, up until that moment, she was sort of the example where she's like, hey, Kratos, you're not being honest. Yep. What are you doing? I'm going to be the guiding hand. 
and it, it seemed to me like one of the biggest themes of this game is there's always something for somebody. Like, there's always some button that if you push, a good person can turn bad and a bad person can, do, can turn good. Like, no matter what you've seen up to that point, like, there's that one thing that you can throw in the mix that can completely crumble them. And the most, like, shocking line of dialogue to me is the way Freya spoke to Kratos at the end. Oh, just, yeah. like, the utter contempt. Yeah. And it just, it was seething, and you're like, Freya, you are nasty. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that I'm thinking you're nasty, but you are super nasty. Danielle nailed that so hard. Uh, <laughs> she was unbelievable in that performance. Uh yeah, and it, it, what's interesting about that whole thing is, one, that line that Kratos and Atreus have at the end of the fight was born of, we got several very harsh, very horrible pieces of feedback during the playtests when we mm. didn't have that line because, you know, people who don't have kids would not understand, right? They were like Atreus. They were like, that's stupid. Sure. That's weak. Freya's weak. I love this character. You made her weak. She made a weak choice. She's terrible. And I was just like, that's weird. You know, because uh-huh. I, and I kept thinking like, look, if my kid was ever in danger, I don't care what he did, I would put my life before his, right? And I was like, oh, you know what? I don't think I would have said that before I had a kid. I wouldn't have been able to understand yeah. it. So I was like, you know what? Let's try something. We wrote a quick line and then recorded it and put it in the play tests. Lo and behold, like everybody got it, and they were like, "Oh, I get it. You gave me permission to understand that now because we basically had Atreus, the audience, sort of talk to that." And I thought, "Man, that is why we have playtests. That's why we have people play these things yeah. and then call us out when we take for granted, like, oh, of course this is the way that it is, but we're wrong so often, right?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like what you're saying: this idea of the line, the button. Everybody in this game. And everybody in the world is flawed. Mm-hmm. We're all broken in some way. We're broken in, in to different degrees, right? That, that that and we have that thing, that trigger that will push us, right? And when another person knows that trigger, it makes it even worse. And usually that person is the closest person to you, right? The person that you grow in the closest to, they know exactly how to push your buttons, right? Yeah. The and just again, like that scene and then with Balder and when Baldur's about to to attack and and the battle begins and Kratos is like, you know, vengeance. You will find no peace. Mm. I know. No. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. line. And then of course, you know, at the very end, when he when when Kratos kills him, he says, The cycle ends here. We must be better than yeah. this. Call and back to the beginning. Yes. <laughs> it just it was just so many emotions on so many levels. I just absolutely love that part. It, 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 like, it feels earned. So earned. If he just said that in the beginning of the game, you'd have been yeah. like, bullshit, right? <laughs> but you get to the end, you see all the crap he had to go through and all the mistakes he made and the terrible advice mm-hmm. he gave, but he was paying attention to all the people around him, right? To see when his son was an absolute menace, right? Before they met Boulder uh, up at the top of the mountain, like... He was like, "Oh my God, I'm a terrible parent. Like, I have to 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 mm-hmm. reprimand him. I can't just be the cool dad who has a beer with him, right?" Yeah. I think Kratos had more growth in this game as a character than every other God of War combined. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> awesome. Was that something you guys like really wanted to focus on in this one? Yeah, yeah. Because I've heard complaints from people like, "Oh, I don't like Kratos because he's just an angry dude kind of thing." Right. Like me and Mike love that because it's awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's right. fun to have a character like that. But Which you I, guys were like, "Yeah, let's give him a little, little more humanity." Something. He's a dad. Like he's a dad again. Right. But you appreciate the moments of that rage when you see that he's controlling it a little bit, right? Yeah. It's like the, the, the example I was using in the beginning of this was always the idea that we let him be the Hulk all the time. 
right? Mm -hmm. But the power of Ruffalo's line of saying the trick or the secret is, I'm angry all the time. (laughs) There is so much just weight to that line when you realize the struggle that goes on inside of, you know, the Hulk. And I think we were just leaning so far into rage and the unbridled sort of power fantasy, which is great. But man, as human beings, we connect and we appreciate so much more when there is that dynamic, when there mm-hmm. is that sense of, you know, it goes down to the, the, the blood. People say, oh, you lost your edge. There's not enough blood in the game. No. When there is blood in the game, yeah. it is way more it's fucked up. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It, it felt so much yeah. stronger, right? That moment when you're with Balder and you're doing like the, the little leg lock, oh, right? Yeah, he leg locks him and then goes into the choke. Like that right there, so powerful because... We didn't soak you in blood the whole time prior mm-hmm. to that. You yeah. appreciated in that moment. And I think it's just a testament to the fact that we're all, we're just old and, now, and, uh, <laughs> right? And for, we, we sort of have learned a little bit. For a t- very split second, I thought you said Mark Ruffalo had like voiced some Kratos lines. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, okay. Right. I thought I did my homework on right. this, but I don't know. He um, would not return and, any of my emails. And what's, uh, what's remarkable, I think, is that, you know, uh, I think you, you are the only person sitting at this desk right now that has children. You know, none, none of us really have that raw emotional connection to this. Um, but it was still deeply, deep. Yes, I have. A, but I have, you have parents. I, I have a dog child and a cat child. Right. Um, but I, well, we have friends. I have a brother. I have, yeah. you know, it's, I have people that I care for and that right. I love and that uh, you know I would obviously do anything for. And so I, I, I thought. What was fascinating was just how, how even though it was a father-son relationship, how many of these lessons were so fundamental. Yes. Uh, and I, I think what is so remarkable for me, which uh, as someone who, it's one thing if you're making a two-hour film, it's another if you're making this 20, 30, 40-hour you know, journey, that it's not only how do we represent, you know, obviously seeing Kratos hold back, you know, seeing moments where you're like, oh, here he goes, and he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's one tool that you can use to show his restraint, to show you know how uh, he's trying to be careful about these things. But uh, it's not only that you implement that, but how many times how is can we overdo that? Yeah. And so I, I I thought that you were very reserved in how you did those things. Two moments that stand out are him you know shooting at the deer and then missing, and he takes the bow away from him yeah. and kind of lunges at it, tries and, all right, and steps back. Yeah. Balder hitting him and. You know, just taking a breath and I'm yeah. not gonna, you know, like taking just, like five hits before yeah. he actually does something. Each like, of those Dude. moments, I think, was really impactful, and you didn't need to keep repeating that motion. Yeah. You know, going through the my, yeah. those my things again. My favorite again. emotion when when I could just feel Kratos <laughs> was when Atreus is sick, and he's oh, on the elevator oh going God. up to see Freya, and he's holding him. He's just breathing, yeah. <laughs> breathing and pacing and yeah. pacing and just breathing. And I wanted that so bad scene. for that to, to drag out the way that it did. I oh. had a lot of back and forth with people that said, no, 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 let's, once he gets sick, let's just fast travel. Let's just quickly get it over with. And I'm, I'm like, no, 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 20 minutes. We need 20 minutes to appreciate <laughs> yeah. because oh, yeah. I want people to go like, oh, this is crazy. What's happening? And then they go and they get help. And then, they, wait, is she talking about what I think she's talking about? <laughs> and then you're in the boat. You're like, wait, am I going... Oh, I'm going. I'm going back to. The, no, I'm not going to back to the place. Oh my god! Yes. 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 We're going there. We're there was it. like a series of text messages as I was on that yeah. boat going through that scene. I'm like, wait a minute, am I gonna get the thing that I think? And then I get there and I'm texting him. I'm like, oh my god, dude, the blades are right there. Yeah. I took a break after I got the blades. I was like, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, full, full context, Corey. Like I played, uh, I played God of War was the first game I ever reviewed at Game Trailers, our second review. Oh wow! And uh, played it to completion, loved it. Started God of War two, just didn't make time for it because the PS two was just this like you know cavalcade of incredible games. Oh my I was God. just bouncing yes. around so many different things. I didn't touch God of War three, and I just experienced it through uh, Hubert doing a full playthrough before uh, the new one launched. So like I don't really have that deeply of an emotional connection outside of just being impressed by right. the, the the series mm-hmm. as a whole. And I was bouncing up and down on the couch. I was screaming. I was alone in this room, like, ah! just like, losing my mind. Not because of this attachment I necessarily had to it, but just how well it was done. Like, when you, see, a, when you see Athena for the first time, like, I was losing it. And, and, and speaking to, to bringing, you know, Atreus back to uh, the witch, um, having him unconscious in the boat is just gut-wrenching. You know, yeah. having him just lying there, you know, like... Oh. When you're so so used to seeing him looking around, commenting yep. at things, and and then, uh, there yeah. was the there was a scene that I really wanted in the game, and and I think it's better that it didn't have it in. This is one of those my instinct initially was perhaps to talk a little bit, but the idea of Kratos finally opening up to his son would only happen when his son could not hear it. So there was going to be this this amazing scene where he basically just unloads right and talks about some of the shit that he's done, the horrible things, right. And I wrote a, a draft of it and a talk with the writers, and I, and I think everybody had the same feeling of like this would be cool, but I feel like I feel like it's too soon. Like even though he's there and he's unconscious, it's still too soon. He's not ready to kind of give all this about. And I think I was just mm-hmm. so attached to the idea that that's the only time he would be honest yeah. is when he really has no audience, right? And we're the person peering in and hearing this sort of like unloading honesty. Uh, but man, it turned out so much for the better that it's just silence because then we all carry in our own thing like like Atreus becomes our own sort of replacement of what 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 am I identifying with here what what from my past is actually speaking to this and that silence lets you fill in and replace with your own thing that that moment in the beginning when he kills the his first person uh, and yeah. then he's up on the ledge uh. and he's just slowly <laughs> yeah. walking and you physically have to <laughs> yeah. engage and there's so many moments like that where you physically have to engage like yeah. even climbing it's not just like all right, mash up this wall. It's like you have to look at it. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. All that stuff, but that break, you know. like one of the writers had a great breakthrough on that final line too. So he had a couple of other lines of like egging him on, but it was that reverse psychology line. Okay, kid, we'll go home. Yeah, yeah. And that snaps him out, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like fuck, man. No. That, I had that so many times with my dad. That that sense of like. I, if I'm hesitating on something, it would be like, fine, okay, let's go home. And it's like, no, 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 I'm okay, all right, all right, all right. And it just felt so real, like, so good. I want to, your your instinct about the, the Kratos confession on the boat, that's so interesting to hear, because the thing that, that completely blindsided me the most about God of War is I was expecting this to feel like, other games that went through a dramatic change. Or any, not that this was a reboot, but it was a dramatic change than what we'd seen in God of War in the past. And I think I was just conditioned where it's like, okay, there are there are two Kratoses. We have the new Kratos that we're going to be experiencing now, and we have right, the old right. Kratos, and they're distinct Extended in my mind. universe Kratos. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and that happens. It's, it's almost like uh, so many creators are just, they try to go like, okay, we're going to make a clean start here. We're going to make new rules. Right. And that's not what happened in God of War so remarkably over and over again. It's like, no, this is about the past. We are not forgetting that stuff. Mm-hmm. We're not diminishing it. We're not talking down to it. We're valuing it, and we're finding like new ways to take this thing and make it even better. And mm-hmm. I think that's what was most remarkable. And when you, Kratos does finally unload on his son, and he tells him, like, hey, son, this is me. This is what happened. Uh, he does it in the most Kratos way. <laughs> like, 
at that point in the story, I'd been with Kratos and Atreus a long time, and I was like, okay, at some point, he's going to just come clean. What is that scene going to look like? Is it going to be like this long monologue? Is it going to be really sappy? But there's just this matter-of-fact, brutal, right. honest way that he does right. it, and it's just like, yes. Like, pay attention. That's the most mm-hmm. Kratos way to do it, yeah. and I feel like you didn't portray the character. I feel like there were so many times you could have. You could have done that non-Kratos thing, but it's like, how do we funnel these new emotions through this established character? And I think that's so awesome. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. everybody worked really hard to get that, so that's great to hear. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, at the beginning, that was... Uh, a sort of defining principle was the great drama is going to come from the fact that this is a character who ran away from his his sins who who denied them and who blamed other people for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and this one we don't get any quarter we don't get to pretend it didn't exist we don't get to look away we don't get to pretend that somebody else is responsible we have to turn around and we have to fucking face it right yeah. and i think that scene when he gets the blades is that to me the the apex moment of this character to say, I get it, I'm a monster. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I'm not your monster anymore. <laughs> yeah, you I'm, will always I be am a my monster. own monster, always be a monster, right? Yeah. And it's like, don't deny it. Don't pretend it didn't. Don't pretend you're not a monster. You are a monster. But he is going to be his own monster, and that monster is eventually going to try to push towards being better. Mm-hmm. And it is son, his son, that actually is the the sort of driving force behind that he's just not very good at saying that right right? was there strong impulses to uh not necessarily pull the wool over the eyes of the player but like not only in the the beginning storytelling of the game but in the marketing and how you were announcing this and reintroducing this franchise to people to be like no no it's just uh, norse mythology that's it right there's nothing else you you got the axe and you're set you should be happy with the axe like did you was that like part of the design document to like as much as we can kind of focus on this th- that'll make it more rewarding when we do see Athena, we do get the blades, we right. do uh, see Zeus, we do have these memories start coming back up. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what, when we had the decision of, like, all right, no-cut camera, uh, third-person, player-controlled, all of that said, all right, you're going to interact with this game differently, right? If we were to throw the, the camera in the way that it is now, and the first thing you had was the blades... Your muscle memory would go right to square, square, triangle. Yep. And yeah, you'd be like, this game sucks. It doesn't feel very good because I have to keep bouncing back and forth between the camera control. Uh, so we knew, look, we have to have a new weapon to help define this new place, but also to kind of usher you in in the right way. Mm-hmm. If you have everything that is foreign, uh, you are more apt to accept, right? Except for, you know, you, you see some people's comments before the game says, can I remap the controls to the original? And you totally can, but you'll have the same experience that most people had, which I think one of you talked about, where you did it for an hour, and then you went back, right? <laughs> then you put it to mm-hmm. the, the classic controls, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you went back. And that is exactly what happened in every playtest. That they would all request the classic controls, and we said, cool, we'll put them in. And then everybody who switched to classic controls played for an hour, and uttered the generally same phrase of oh I get my mistake right and, and it's like oh yeah I mean I think the new controls are way more superior actually for like feeling of the game and everything like that I think it's especially like with button movements and everything like that it's not, it's easier to move around I feel like more yeah. natural it's hard to adjust to to think about like I'm doing melee on the, the shoulder buttons mm-hmm. but there is that kind of like point where 
you, you forget about it. You get really into the, all right, my, my thumb is always going to be over the analog mm-hmm. controller, right? So this is the sort of natural rest exactly, position. Exactly, yeah. Right? Which, this was the claw, they called it. The, the comic designers yes. laugh at me all the time because this is how I play, <laughs> right? And they're just like, oh my God, you play the claw style? I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking about, but sure. Uh, I'm just like, I want access to everything all at once. I don't want to do this, right? Like, that doesn't, I can't, I just trip over myself. Like and then that. just having a... Atreus, watch your back. You know, the camera is so tight, yep. but you need to rely on him to to call it out. Um, it was such a remarkable feeling, though, because you, you talk about getting used to the new controls and how good it feels. Uh, but when I got the Blades of Chaos, it was so cathartic because you were talking about Kratos being his own monster. I felt like it changed the way that I played, where, like, once I got the Blades of Chaos, I was more aggressive. Yeah. And it yeah. was, like, kind yeah. of, like, I'm reinserting myself back into Kratos. Like, I'm motherfucking Kratos. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to slice you down. Right now. I don't yeah. need to block. Right. I'm just going to cut dudes up with the Blades of Chaos. And I think, like, having kind of the catharsis from, like, this is who I am, that acceptance having that tie in mechanically with finally getting these weapons again after being withheld from them so long like made it so much more impactful and i so had to rp when i got the runic attacks too like tartarus rage i was like yeah. never changing it Sorry, <laughs> 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 it just it feels right this yeah is it. classic <laughs> yeah um yeah when uh when you see zeus in Helheim, I'm like, are we are we doing this right now? Are we going? Yeah, down I was this, like, is he back, right? dude? Are we going down right. this rabbit hole of like, the, the first all... time? That was when you went the first time. To get yeah, the heart. yeah, when you yeah, had to get yeah, the heart. Yeah, yeah. And I just loved, uh, I loved Mamir's comment. He says, "Your father was Zeus." Well, that explains a lot. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's just these subtle lines. Uh, like Ben nailed it with with just honoring the past and not you know not shooing it under the rug, not doubling down on on. You know, nostalgia. It was just, right. it all felt so earned. And, and that, was, that was one of the big moments for me. But what, what moved me throughout the entire experience was when these lines would happen. And I think, uh, you know, you deserve credit for the way that it was implement, implemented. But I think it's also kind of where we're at with this current gen and, and game development that you're seeing with games like Horizon and, and, and uh, Last of Us. And, mm. and, and these games where they're like, we don't necessarily need to save all the most important story moments for cutscenes. Like, we can just have yeah. you climbing or, bo- or, or you, know, uh, you know, pushing the oar in the water in the boat or uh, even in the middle of a fight and somebody can say something incredibly relevant. Yeah. What really was a home run for me, and I can't uh, believe you pulled off was there were moments where Atreus was informing me of something that was important for me to know as a player and still dropping a bomb with the story that blew my mind. One that knocked me out was, uh, I think he does this about five or six times in the story, but Atreus reminds you, we can just goof off right now. Like, we don't have to move on to the next story. Right, beat. Yeah. We can just, you know, play around. And it's right after you tell him he's a god and you get back out into the lake and he said, we don't have to do, we can do whatever we want. We're yep. gods. Right. And I was like, Thank you, game designers, for letting me know I don't have to do the next story beat. And also, calm down, kid. You know, like, <laughs> that, that, and so those, that was just so impressive to me, those moments of him saying something and me being like, there's, there's gameplay is happening right now and story is happening right now. And not only are they both, you know, working well together, but they need each other in this moment. Yeah. And I, that was just very impressive. I also felt like it was working on multiple levels because it's like, I feel bad like if moving on because I haven't seen anything, but I'm also letting down my son who just wants to go to, on an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Like you always feel guilty in a game when you just kind of crit path it. Cause you're like, oh, maybe I'm missing something really cool, but it's like, no, like he's so excited. He doesn't get to do this ever. Yeah. Yeah, that we had to, we went back and forth on that thing a lot too because it initially started out with uh, our exploration team 
wanting us to drive the player out to exploration. They're like, look, nobody's exploring it. And I kind of had this battle with people a lot throughout the development of, I wanted all the exploration to be purely driven by the player's curiosity, mm-hmm. like 100%. That if we would guide you through the story, and if you said, what's over there, you would be rewarded with, there's an entire level over here that yeah. we didn't say so, you yeah. have to go. And we were trying to find that delicate balance of, okay, nothing meant we played this a lot and nobody did anything. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, people's curiosity is not there. And it's because they've been conditioned, I think, throughout gaming that when you're getting driven there, if you have no other distractions that are obvious, right, you're not going to go towards that. So we were finding that balance of, okay, what is the right way for Atreus to tell you it's okay to do both of these things? Mm-hmm. It's okay to go on the critical path, but it's also okay mm-hmm. to go explore. And, I mean, there were times where the line we chose was, okay, well, he said the mom wanted to do this, and there's no way I wasn't going to do that because you're forcing me to do this, right? right? And I was like, oh, forcing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So the way we wrote the line made you feel like you were forced to do it. And finding that right way to mm-hmm. do it, I think it's great to hear because it, it was, was a long time trying to figure that out. So it's nice to, to know that it worked. I think the natural teasing that hit me the hardest is <clears throat> I finished God of War last week, and then today, uh, before the spoiler mode, I was like, okay, I'm going to go uh, check out some things that I missed. And having finished the game, I'm going through, and Mimir's telling me all this crazy stuff about the world that I hadn't heard before. I'm like, wait, how deep does this go? Like, if I play for another 10 hours, are they just going to keep talking? There's a and lot of Mimir's story. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. And so that thing made it feel so alive, and it's like, oh, th- this isn't over. These people still exist. They're still in this world. Maybe if I keep going, like, the Death Stranding baby's going to show up? Right. I don't know. What's Norman gonna Reedus is going to pop out <laughs> yeah. of the water. Right. Uh, and... Like, how do you know where to end, or how how is that system working? I mean, could I... I think I'm the worst person to ask, how do you know where to end? I'm terrible at ending things. It just keeps going. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the the end game with, like, Evaldi's temple, or Evaldi's workshop. Yes. Uh, And just going through that, and the way that ties into... The other, like, Moosfelheim, sorry if I pronounce these. Moosfelheim. 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 And just, like, getting the upgrade materials Mm -hmm. there to use on the armor, because the Valkyries are so difficult. Yeah. But, again, it's just that that exploration that you want to do, because, as a gamer, it's like, all right, I want to beat some awesome, hard bosses and get the rewards, but I also want to free these Valkyries, because there's something sinister going on. Oh, I love... I love when you find... I'm just making an assumption here because I haven't killed any one of those because they're really hard. But you have the ring of the chairs. Do yep. they return to them in some way? Like when you kill one Valkyrie, is it's it like okay their chair light up? Yeah, no, this okay. is the, that's why we're here, baby. That's you, spoiler yeah, yeah. You, you beat them all and then you place them all there and then one portal opens up and the queen of the Valkyries comes. Couldn't beat it. I'm yeah. a casual. Yeah. Could yeah. not, but if I was to just kill one Valkyrie, I would like see evidence of that in that spot. Yeah, like, maybe you, that you'd be able to take the helmet. That's kind of the, that's kind of the, the, the hint that I got. And mm-hmm. I, but I love when you first oh. get there, Kratos is like, <laughs> yeah. "There's nothing here. Let's leave. Like, there's there's yeah. literally no point for us to be here." And and I didn't go home at first because I was like, "I want to free the Valkyries," because I have unfinished business. I want to yeah. free them all. And I just tried. I tried beating her so many times. I was like, "All right, I'll finally go home." Yeah, it's it. full on. Like you gotta, was, you gotta use every technique yeah. to beat the Valkyries. Side note: uh, Have you played Red Dead Redemption? Yes. Uh, got Redemption vibes at the end there because you get an ending, but yeah. it's not the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to go to yep. a specific spot on the map that we are pointing you toward, but not you know yep. pulling you toward. Um, that and a little bit of uh, the ending of of this game to me is my callback to Symphony of the Night. Mm. So when Ooh. you go to Jotunheim uh, and you come back out. 
to me, that's the flip of the castle. Yes. To go like, hey, guess what? <laughs> Thought it was you over. probably only did half the game. Yeah. Yes. And maybe sometimes even less than half the game if you've gotten to this point. And that realization of like, oh, for me as a developer, mm-hmm. it was what have I done? It's so big. <laughs> like, uh, but I, I think it's awesome as a player to kind of realize there's so much more. So at the workshop, there's three portal tears that you have to get the missed echoes for and you unlock those. And... Sindri is teasing something so sinister. He's like, don't. You don't want to mess with that. And for the longest time, I honestly thought a Cyclops from the original God of War <laughs> was going to pop out. I was like, you know, we're dealing with portals here. Like, is, is something insane? Because he kept saying, oh, there's monsters up there. Uh, you know, that, that didn't happen, of course. But just that, that whole endgame was so great because it was like, you know... You you beat the game, but you have still have so much more to do. Uh, you mentioned the flip of the castle, and a, a feeling that I had that I thought was a very good feeling, uh, a negative feeling interpreted in a positive way, is you, like, I get out, and they're talking about Ragnarok, and you see the environment change, and everybody's talking about it, and then you have the Thor thing, you have the tease, and it's like, there's so much coming. There's so much that they're directly referencing. Mm-hmm. I just want more right now. Yeah. Like, I want to go experience that right now and so when you're making this story how do you know like okay this is what we're going to tease this is what we're going to accomplish in this game like where is that divide come in there's the initial sort of stakes in the ground that to me the end of this game is always the beginning of Fimble Winter the the sort of long winter that Mm -hmm. precedes Ragnarok and this was this kind of nobody in the 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 sort of Asia pantheon believe Ragnarok was supposed to come now. In fact, nobody, nobody in, in any of the the, the Norse gods' uh, realms believed that Ragnarok should happen now, right? Time was kind of messed up for all of them. So Kratos' interaction, this is like the the big concept of this game, that every other game, like every other God of War game, Kratos goes out to do something bad and inadvertently does something good, right? <laughs> he uh, releases hope to mankind. He, mm-hmm. he uh, removes predestination, right? The, the, the Sisters of Fate, mm-hmm. right? He kind of uh, uh, destroys a, a very controlling polytheistic set of gods uh, and frees mankind from this control, right? Uh, but he's always out doing something super selfish and just mm-hmm. totally dickish, yes. right? Yeah. And it's like, now he's going out to do something good. And of course... No good deed, right? Like, he's going to do something, and he inadvertently begins, you know, the, the, the sort of countdown to the end of the world, right? Yes. So it's yes. like, when you come back, it's snowing all the time. I love how excited Mimir is for Ragnarok. Every time he brings it, he's like, oh, it's got to be great. <laughs> when you realize that Faye kind of was pulling the strings from the... Like, she made uh, you set out on this journey because yeah. you would get to Jotunheim and find the mural. How deep do you think her control was? I mean, she set all of this in motion. Well, I guess, yeah. It, the biggest part for me was the, the mural of Loki spitting out the serpent. The serpent. And mm. that, and it's just, there's so much to come. And I think all of that is way more impactful. I think I was expecting a, a flashback yeah. with Faye. And yeah. it's like, okay, this, this mm-hmm. will kind of set me to the ground and, and realize what Faye was like with Kratos and Atreus on a daily basis and that doesn't happen and yeah. because that doesn't happen I think it makes 
the ending and kind of the, hey, I haven't been completely truthful with you, so much more impactful because you don't have that notion from earlier fighting against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Everyone has their secrets. Yes. Yep. yes. And then, yeah, because it, it opens just, you know, with her funeral, brutal brutal scene opening. Yeah, chopping and it's like, all right, down. Let's go, you know, take her ashes. It's such a, a simple premise. And then, of course... Everything goes down. But then you realize, too, that Balder was looking for her. The whole time, yes. yeah. Mistaken that, identity. I the whole that. thing was a mistaken identity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so cool. It's because you both are on your own, you know, missions, so to speak, but right. you keep intersecting. Yeah. And, and that was just such a cool dynamic. It wasn't this. And her secrets were way deeper than Kratos. And he thought, oh, this is all about me, right? So it's a, that, that yeah. belief. But really, yeah. it's uh, one, yeah. even deeper. And, and the act of spreading the ashes, I liked in this, uh, I mean, to me, this is almost kind of an open world game. I mean, there, there mm. really is that, I mean, it's a massive environment, right? Yeah. In the middle of, of Midgard. And a lot of people love to make jokes about the Zelda franchise where, you know, Link is fishing and Zelda's like kidnapped. So you might stop right. fishing for five seconds right. and maybe, you know, get back on the, the critical stop path. Stop playing Gwent, Geralt. But I like that, to, to be blunt, that, you know, uh, his wife and Atreus' mom is dead. And so it's like that, this horrible thing has already happened. And so it did kind of make sense to me. I, I really never hit that point in this game where I was like, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm really excited to do this. But like, would they do this right now? Right. I really didn't feel that ever because it was yeah. like, yeah, this takes a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine it can be frustrating as a player, too, especially I think the one big moment is when you like finally, you know, you're opening up the vault and then it's like, wait, do you smell that? And it's like, oh, of course, it's getting it sick. Oh, of course, I'm not gonna be able to. We are just you're right there so right. many times. Um, but it, it just, I never felt cheated in a way. I never felt that um, frustrated that oh, I got to deal with this now to get to this. Kratos point. has yeah. those lines of like, you know, Atreus will call him out. Like, shouldn't we get back to you know what <laughs> yeah. we're doing? He's like. We're getting gear. Right. You know, yeah, right. We're getting more powerful. We're powering up. This yeah. is good for the journey. That contextualization is so po- important. Yeah. Uh, and one that really stuck out to me is you, you, there are these spirits that you can find and save. And, like, they're not passive for you. They're not just like, okay, player, what do you want to do? It's like, no, you're encountering these things. You're guiding us there. This is our response to it. Because Atreus is like, Dad, let's like, help him. Yeah. And he's and like, Curtis no. is like, no, they're <laughs> spirits. And what I love is because they're inserting their opinion, you can see both sides. And you're like, yeah, they seem tortured, but also spirits are messed up. And so whether I ignore them and move on with the story or I help them, like I feel good either way. I'm not thinking of it like a checklist, like you were yeah. talking about earlier. I'm yeah. thinking about like, this is a decision for these characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So good. Do you want me to spoil something for you? Yes. 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 All, done spoilers. Yes. all right. Yeah. So in video games, uh, uh, say like uh, in all video games, really, we have a technique of communicating with the audience by changing the color or the material on certain objects to indicate this is where you need to go, i.e. bad examples would be perfect dark with the arrows on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, good examples would be like yellow piping or like white paint or something like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's called visual language in the developer parlance, uh, right? So the visual language in this game was placed by Faye. The entire journey has visual language throughout the entire game. The palm print. So that our sort of design way to communicate with the audience was rationalized at the end in that Faye was so powerful that she walked the path that you walked well before. There's actually things written, several things written throughout the, the journey that are in yellow. She also wrote those things. So that that right there to me, she is the most sort of powerful character within the in in, in my mind sort of like in, in the entire story, mm-hmm. right? Because of how much she 
orchestrated all of this, right? And sort of answering what you're saying is that we have a tendency when taking on something that is difficult emotionally mm -hmm. to stall, right? We don't want to deal with it. Sometimes as human mm -hmm. beings, we want to push back against it because it's going to be hard. Whether it's physically or emotionally hard, we push back on that. And the, the tree selection right from the beginning was her way of saying, I, don't, I know you, Kratos, and I know you're going to stall, and I'm going to force you out on the road, right? Okay. But even that same thing is on the road, the distractions will come, and sometimes it's, it's Atreus that wants to be distracted, sometimes it's Kratos who wants to be distracted, and that is that natural ebb and flow of the emotional journey being difficult. And each one of them at select points wanting to say, I don't really want to deal with this right now. Maybe we'll just go off and do that and we can forget a little bit, not because we have any less respect for Mother, but maybe we want to forget just for a moment what really happened, right? Now that we're we're talking about her, there's you know one of the most powerful scenes in the game for me was the the purifying the light of Alfheim and Kratos stepping inside and kind of going on this spiritual spirit walk whatever you want to call it and being drawn to her and she's she's there you know he he sees her and then he gets ripped out mm -hmm. and atreus mm -hmm. is surrounded <laughs> by a dark elf corpses and just raging and you're gone you left me again holy yeah. 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 And, and i think that is one of the biggest turning points for their relationship yeah. uh, early on and that kind of that that you know, Atreus gets so angry at that part. There's a lot of friction during that whole level. They really yeah, kind of, yeah. they have it out. They have that that, that definitely uh, out throughout the whole level. Yeah, that and, was. A, and he's um, so impatient. Atreus is so impatient at that part. There was a moment where I was actually a little bit worried about the story because I was like, I yeah, I've been teaching Atreus to use this bow, but I'm not sure I can buy him taking on <laughs> all of these dudes. This doesn't seem right, and. It works. It like I I love. Were you trying to make players question at that point, like how believable it was that Atreus could defend himself? In that that was yeah. The, that one he was so angry that we were going to distract you a little bit simply with when he pulls you out. Like Kratos is mad that he got pulled up, and then Atreus is in his face and unrelenting. Right. Uh, and you start to you know you're like, wait a minute, had he killed all these? Guys? Wait, <laughs> what? What's going on? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, well, I guess he had the axe. Did he use the axe? Mm -hmm. There's like the axe in the right. corpse off right? the side. Right. Pulling the arrow <laughs> yeah. out when he's talking to him, and it's just like, oh, that's interesting, right? But it's. Oh, it's the it's the indicator, <laughs> yeah. right? You're wondering like, oh, okay, well, I guess they're telling me something here. But did you catch all the things we told you in the light? Uh, Clearly not. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Kratos, or uh, Atreus. Just you know why it should have been you. Yep. And you know he does. He doesn't want me. He doesn't care about me. And yeah, and then. Just so the inner life of his son, right? Yeah, so his thoughts, yeah. so heartbreaking. Yeah. Like for me, like every time I hear that that yes. that dialogue, it's oh, I get so choked up with that. Yes. But that is only part of it. Did you see that you got a visual tour of the entire journey inside the light? You see, the, you you the went the you went to fingers. the mountain. You yeah. went to Helheim boat that you were going to yes. do later. You went to Jotunheim. Yeah. You were in Jotunheim in there. Yep. So you actually got the chronological journey. Uh, through the game. So every time we're going to throw a, 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 a twist in the story, I'm going to show you well early in the game so that there's always a rationalization of it. It's like the beginning of the game when he's holding open the, the floor and he's telling Atreus, it's time to go. You know, you're not ready, but let's get going. And as he closes it, 
camera pauses just for a second, just for a second as it's panning down to let you know the blades are right there. Yes. Showing you the blades right there. I was, I was like, there. I, I, was, I called <laughs> yeah. and I was like, maybe, maybe not though. And then, you know, you play for a while and it's like, yeah, they probably won't show up. Like, yeah, it's right. Cool. You yeah, maybe the next one. Right. <laughs> you sort of let it go, but it's like, yeah. if you look back at it and there's actually stuff, there are several things in that first level that tell you exactly everything you need to know through the whole story. If you pay attention, if you look around, right, there is so much in there that it's like, some of it will be like, oh man, people are going to catch this. Like, yeah, it's going to give it away, but you're not even bothering to look for it. Right yeah. in the opening area, there's the vines that you use the blades to, to destroy. Yep. There's mm-hmm. the Odin door right yep. there. So you're messing with me right now. <laughs> and a question that yes. I have is, you're saying how all of this stuff is connected, how you're, you're showing us. Yep. Is that something that when you're designing this game and you're going through it, you know it right away? Or is it like, I need to play through this game 15 times and then it's like, oh, wait, let's insert that there. Like, how do these things fall into place? So they are some so connected. Some of them come up with that, but some of them are just like, look, I, I know that we're going to twist and turn at several points. Mm-hmm. And it's important for me that when we do that, it never feels like if you were paying attention, you wouldn't catch it. Mm-hmm. It's just that we're going to head fake you so much that you're not going to think to pay attention to that. I mean, there's literally one in there that when you find out about it, nah, I'm not gonna, that one I'm not going to spoil. I'm going to oh. you find that shit organically. You're going to be like, of, oh, of course. Oh, my God. Seriously? Uh, and then there's another like couple of things that are just deep layer things that play into who Faye was and how she viewed both her relationship with uh, Atreus and with Kratos. So if we just drop those on you right now, I was like, well, I know what that is. It's this. Would you be like, oh, shucks. Or would you say, great, that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you really <laughs> dug that deep into this, you know? Because you do seem kind of casual about right. these I, things. That I think I would say, oh, shucks, I like that. Uh, yeah, you know what? I would totally commend you if you got it, yeah. But I mean, not only that, it's it, the, the fact that um, Asgard is locked. You can see it right there yeah. on the map. Yeah, I love that you can turn it to it and it's like, no, very clear text. Odin is, right. they play Odin with, is blocking uh, that. You will never the, the go The mural here, at the right? end, yeah. like... Uh, it, it, what does it feel to know that like we kind of know what's going to happen, but just not what is how it's going to happen? Uh, what just? The, the, well, I mean, obviously, you know, Kratos is not. If Kratos has killed as many gods as he has, there will be an end to Kratos at some point. Right. Is that what uh, the mural told you? Uh, that's uh, what it's teasing. The mural you know, told me that what did the mural you know, tell Loki you? is going to give birth to the world serpent. Uh, yeah. Did it? I, so, I think so. I know. So this is what. Yeah. Like, this is okay. I'm just uh, to, I can't interpret if he's saying we're wrong or yeah. if he's just just well, having a good old. The time. mural. The mural had like uh, the Egyptian like symbol for war. I think it had like different other Ooh. locations also. Yeah, yeah. So that was like, on the, on the, like, the yes. cryptic, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, hmm. Maybe all the other gods from other regions will somehow get involved in this Ragnarok thing where I think mm. it's going. Me. Speaking of spoilers, there were actually two moments where the gameplay spoiled something for me. Oh, that didn't like ruin the story, but I was like, oh, okay, kind of because I'm like caught up in the emotion of the moment, and then it kind of took a little the 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 edge off when I was like, I should have known that you know, Atreus wasn't going to die and this was going to happen, but like the game itself was like, you know, uh, just kind of signaled that ahead of time. Yeah. And one was when you first get Mimir, when you cut off his head and you have to take the boat to go take him back. Atreus puts him in the boat next to him. And I was like, why did he? Oh, 
I'm like, I think Mimir's going to be hanging out on the oh, boat with us. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Instead of him, Kratos is being like, whatever, I'll just keep him on my belt. Right. Why, would, why would I give him to Atreus? Yeah. You know? That was a giant uh, pain in the butt to get that working, too. So that's a I really mean, that, good call. The, I, None uh, yeah. of us caught that. All, of, all of Mimir speaking. Every, every time I jumped and I just see Mimir's head. Like, yeah, probably. It's, like, yeah. it's got to be rough. He's like, behind you. I love what he says behind you. That's yeah. so great. Uh, yeah. And the other was, uh, there is a, a red electricity, got to shoot this with an air thing uh, yeah. in Helheim. Yep. So I'm like, oh, I hope Atreus is going to be okay. And then I saw that, and it's like, I think I'm coming back here right. with Atreus, or I'm going to get the chance to at right. some point. But I think oh, at that good. point, wow. thinking of, thinking you're going to lose Atreus, I think is it's a big super leap. super perceptive. Like, to pick up on that and then make that connection. Wow, Kratos has good. used the bow in the past, though. Maybe he right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, that's true. true. You and could I, say, I, like, I, oh, he carries yeah. the bow. Yeah, I think it's a big leap, though, in the story to assume that, like, yeah, Atreus is going to die. We're right. just gonna say goodbye to that character, right? Dude, I was like, does he have more weapons from the past games in there too? Is he gonna bust out the gauntlets from three yeah. or something like that? <laughs> yeah. But that is another thing too—the fact that the Leviathan axe does take up a place in the HUD. That yep. it is yeah. signified by the shape of the axe in that circle. Yep. And so a lot of people were, were questioning when we were cutting the review. A lot of people asked me when, when we posted the review. They're like, is that the only weapon? I'm like, I don't know. I just started playing the game. Uh, but even before I got the Blades of Chaos, I saw that in the circle. And then saw when I put it away, it went away. And I'm like, I bet something yeah. else is going to pop up in that yeah. circle. But uh, there's no way to know for sure. But see, that's like, you guys are really looking deep into it then. Like most people would not even think at that layer of like, okay, this means that it's probably going to mean that. So that's... That's good, though. Well, we're clearly missing other stuff, so I'm not yeah. proud. Yeah. I know yeah. she never beat that final Valkyrie. That's got to be something. It's yeah. got to be something. Oh. Yeah. There's still time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about a really, really awesome boss fight with the dragon. The mountain, uh, baby. Yeah. First yeah. dragon. This scene. Jeez. <laughs> okay, so you're in this giant elevator, and you're going up, and the dragon comes out, and... Just the way it's like clawing on the elevator mm -hmm. and like biting and then it flies away. I just I just loved this entire encounter. It, it was maybe my favorite fight in the game. Oh, wow. That's um, awesome. I just loved it. I just want to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like some of the encounters I thought were really interesting design, especially mm -hmm. like where I, a wow moment for me when I was playing like in the combat scenarios I was thinking about a lot is when there's the dragon chained up the first time you see it yeah. and you're fighting dudes and he's like doing the electricity uh, kind of thing and yeah, I was like this yeah. is an interesting way to switch up the gameplay because I I feel like you guys did that a lot instead of it kind of like in the older games it was like hey man this door is kind of locked until you kill right. all these guys you guys yep. had some sort of other obstacle there like there's the room with the spikes going and everything you had to keep throwing the axe to keep from crushing everyone yep. it's like oh, oh that, yeah the ceiling coming down yeah yeah, yeah. yeah the dragon's like when we first started talking about those, I was like, I want an enemy that you don't fight, right? Yeah. And it's like, hey, you're actually going to do something good, right? But in typical fashion, who knows what that's going to manifest as, right? Especially these are the things that it's like, hey, you're going to go through and you're going to free these three dragons. They're very specific dragons. Yeah. And maybe later in the, 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 the future of these games, they might, they, they might come <laughs> oh. back. And will you regret that you did that? Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, that's what's so cool about it is that you place all these things and who knows what's going to uh, come back. Maybe, maybe my favorite adrenaline rush other, uh, other than the blades and other than holding R2 with the Leviathan Axe. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Favorite move of all time, by the way. Is just holding R two with the X. It feels good. Feels when it transcribes a guy. So and you're like, yeah. he's extremely like, useful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just love it. Yeah, yeah that the clean. Uh, nailed it. The yeah. adrenaline rush, though, when Balder, you you meet on top where Mimir was, and Balder takes yeah. Atreus 
Bye. And then yeah. jumps, and you land on this dragon, and you're fighting on the yeah. dragon, mm-hmm. and then you you end up going to, to Helheim, and you're going through the portal, and you're fighting him in midair. This entire... Big trouble in Little China style, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, such an influence. I kept yes. describing it to people as Big Trouble in Little China fighting scene, and they're yes. just like, seriously? Yes. We're going to yes. do that? I'm like, yes. 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 That, that whole scene just... It, it absolutely blew my mind because it was... So much story and emotion and just adrenaline happening while being in control of Kratos yeah. still, you know? And and I love that it set up the the, the this scene to yeah. come up later on, because then later on, mm-hmm. it didn't have to explain it, yeah. and it let that whole scene breathe. Just some powerful stuff. And that reminds me of just the world deformation. I don't know what the right word to use is. The fact that once that battle is done and that dragon dive bombs and crashes into the earth, it's there. And then when you return to that beach because Atreus was unconscious, he's like, oh, look at the thing. And I I liked, um, I'm a big open world guy and so I love time of day changing. I love kind of being in control of like, when I do missions, depending on a certain time of day, and they're what you, you do get to kind of stretch time in this game, yeah. where like it's day for a long time, and then night, and then snow at the end. But at the same time, you know, giving you the ability to really paint the scene in a very particular way yeah. was so affecting when you would come out of an area and look at the sky and see it be different. I feel like you um, had some control. So over rewarding, that. yeah, like, definitely. I, that's mm-hmm. the best thing about games for me is that feeling of uh, the world. Telling the story of my experience, so I come back to a location and I'm like, oh, I, oh, that's right, I did that. Oh, that's so cool, right? Like I'm you come back and yeah, it's yeah. like I talk to the world serpent. Oh, that the, the water level dropped. That's so great. I'm always just, hanging out yeah, over there. He just moves and it like moves the whole water level. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's so awesome because he's so massive. Going in his mouth was so cool. Was, yeah, was, yeah, the monster moment. Yeah, it was yeah. neat showing the the game to a friend at the point where I was uh, because I like went back in the area and I'm like, oh, and this is the middle of Midgard. And I turn the camera. I'm like, there's my friend, the world serpent. Right. And he's like. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> he's just hanging on that mountain there. There, there was such a big theme about time, and I don't know if I fully understand it. I gotta, I gotta like beat this game like five more times. <laughs> but it's you know Atreus or uh, Kratos going into the light, and the time being different. And then Mimir has a line about Helheim moving slower than Midgard, mm-hmm. yep. and. I'm just wondering, and then, and then, of course, the end when when Thor comes and it says years later, it's just all these elements of like, well, you know, time moves differently in places, and I want to like dive deep into mm-hmm. that, but I don't know if that's like setting up things to come or yes, it is. <laughs> that's what I figured. Yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> so a bunch of stuff when the World Serpent uh, <laughs> talks. Uh, you have to rely on on Mimir, yeah, mm-hmm. giving you all the information. <gasps> And he totally doesn't. Yeah, so, he says as much. Yeah, there is there's uh, lots of hidden well, well, just, gems. Just the nature of size too. That like the world serpent talks. Slow, the, you know, yes. so the idea of like small creatures and big creatures moving the at different really, speeds, like, perceiving the, balls, the world man. at different speeds. His line, the world serpent's line, when when Mimir, he's like, he knows the pain of your yeah. loss. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, this creature. This is not just some big beast. Like this yeah. is a this is a creature with with thought and and right. emotion this, this isn't is just a, a set piece yes yeah. it's a tray as his kid <laughs> spitting it out <laughs> absolutely uh, love that you kind of mentioned at all of these things that you're hinting at like <laughs> oh yeah that might be setting up stuff in the future <laughs> where you know with one of the beauties and maybe one of the tragedies of having a game that is a lot about setup mm. do you ever worry that it's like okay we're kind of hinting at all those things. How are we actually going to make that happen? Is, oh, no. 
No, 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 no. you I don't saw, worry about that at all. So much <laughs> of it has worked out already. <laughs> that yeah. oh, like okay. uh, I, when I was when I was working on the the structure of this one to get this one to work right, I had to think about everything that was going to happen after this, right? And it was uh, in the time away from Santa Monica, I actually was working over at LucasArts for a little bit and got to read through that TV show that George Lucas was working on and see that they wrote like fifty episodes uh, before they ever even approached the studio to do the thing. And it was, you know, explained to me by some of the writers that they did that so that they could take stuff from episode 50 and put it into episode one, right? Mm-hmm. And to actually pepper everything throughout. And I was like, man, that's mm. that's really interesting. Like, you really have to think ahead. You can't just take it on faith that you're going to figure something out and then it'll be coming in later. So I was like, all right. now." And I approached everything that I worked on after that to really say, like, when I'm mapping out the world, I'm going to map out the world, right? There's a really sad moment if you watch the director's commentary on Firefly. Where they're like walking through a big city and there's a billboard in the background and one of the people points out, they're like, oh, there's that company that, yeah, that was going to be season two. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun when you get to do it. Right, you know, yeah. When you actually get to pull yeah, it Yeah, that's off. true. Like, I, mean, I have to rely on the fact that no matter what I do, I'm going to think it would always be able to be something we set up. And even if you don't set it up, not a lot of people may pick up on it. Mm-hmm. So it, Some of it is really in the sense that if you get to experience the next thing, you get to have the pleasure of looking back and going, holy crap, they thought about that all the way back yeah. there, right? Instead of like, a, oh, hand wavy thing, and you just sort of figured it out and figured out a way to, to shoehorn it in. It's like, no, we're every single thing in this game means something because it is something later. And it's like everything that we set up and pay off in this game is giving you that fulfilling experience. But it also has that sense of, but what does that mean? What does that mean? What is? Why did they do that? Like that's what I want is for people to keep. Asking I know you that. probably know this answer, but I'm going to ask Hubert. Okay. Is Atreus mentioned the, the not Atreus his son, but Atreus the the uh, soldier he named him after? Is he mentioned in the God of War series before this? I never. I don't remember, but I bet it is. No. No. Okay. No. 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 Uh, I was just thinking, and, I was like, and speaking oh, of no. picking the right moment to where you're going to introduce things to the player. Uh, was that always at the ending? You know, him, uh, you know, when they, they finally do the deed and, and they, uh, you know, uh, spread the ashes and then kind of making their way back down the mountain and he says, oh, by the way, you know, that's, you know, comparing the, the name Atreus to Loki, right. he says, I, I like the name Atreus better. Right. Um, and he tells his story and I love the, the ending where he's like, you finally told a good story. Did you, how, wh- when did you know that, that you were going to reveal who Atreus was, why he named him at the end? Uh, well, I wrote, when I figured out who we were going to name after because there was you know a lot of uncertainty pre-E3 2016 of he didn't have a name and he didn't have a name because I couldn't <laughs> figure out something that worked and I kept talking to the writers and saying like look I, I he he cannot be named after a hero a god or anything like that like that's not what Atreus or what Kratos would do right he would not want any kind of connection. He wouldn't name him Demos. Like a lot of people would say, oh, let's name him Demos. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, that's there's a lot of pain. That's emotionally charged. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't want to have to keep saying that name, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and there would be some interesting motivation that he kept calling him boy, right? And that's and because head. he named him head. Demos, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yes, head. I love that. Uh, but, you know, it, it kind of, I wrote a story and then kind of sent it to the writers that was, that ended up becoming what this story was and just kind of said, I think there's this really cool idea of a character like Kratos acknowledging happiness and hope in somebody else and actually admiring it, right? But not really knowing how himself to experience any of that stuff. And I thought that, that I think is going to be the, the lineage of who he would be connecting with. But we didn't know when we were going to tell this story. It took a while to figure out the right moment. And even the, the, the Loki thing was not initially part of 
the story, mm-hmm. right? That it was, you know, Matt and Rich, the, the two writers on the game, kind of came into my office at one point and just gave me the quick two-sentence pitch that was literally those lines of like, yeah, you know, they, the, the, they kept getting my name wrong on the mural. They kept calling me Loki. And like literally how Matt pitched it was exactly how it went in the game. And I was just like, <laughs> yes. uh, it was just yes. like time stopped and like music started playing and I was like you're so good. like stars reversing yeah. on his head uh, I was like that's just great also, we have to so much to do with this really quick also the, the, the personal connection to Atreus as a soldier as a man and not a god yeah. and that uh, I, you know, I can imagine that's <clears throat> Kratos' motivation to not you know, tell Atreus right away, or maybe even ever, you know, he kind of does it out of necessity, that who he is, what he is. And so that kind of attachment that, like, I'm the god, you're the human, that's how this is going to work. I am Kratos, you are Atreus. And even though that's positive, he doesn't want to talk about his past. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't even want to tell that story, just because it is something. And it's like that whole ending sets up what was underneath the surface, and not necessarily part of the, the sort of core story, which is identity. Atreus has the opportunity now to choose the identity that he wants. He is both Loki and Atreus, and he has been living as Atreus, and now he's been given this opportunity that is like, oh, wow, this was what Mother wanted. That's interesting. What does that mean? When Mimir's telling the story about Tyr, and he's saying, you know, some gods can use their godliness for to, to in the service of the people. Right. Yeah, and, I, and I just love the way... Mamir reacts to him too, you know, when when Atreus is getting getting cocky and he and he has that line, he's like he's like, "Oh, I wouldn't have felt so bad about killing so many elves, you know. We had god things to do and they were in the way mm-hmm. dragging us into their little problems." Right. And Mamir's just like, "I don't know if that's the <laughs> message we want to take away. Right, like, right. Are, are we just going to leave that are there?" Are we just going to leave that there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good. Um we could talk about God of War 4. Ever, yeah. So we're gonna we, we have like two two or three more uh, big story bits. So we're gonna start winding it down. Uh, there was one story bit that we didn't touch on with the the light of Alfheim area. Uh, the the dark elves having uh, you know you made a mistake. There was this little little scene with Atreus saying uh, it says it says we made a mistake. We never really figured out what that was so I'm assuming that's uh, there's more to come with that but I just again I'm not like probing for future spoilers it's just planting the seeds to to flesh out the world you know Mm -hmm. even if there wasn't a sequel just planting those seeds to to kind of build the world and and give it more layers and more mystery and And there's a little bit of the deliberate vagueness to kind of make it seem like what did we do wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was more story. That level was so much bigger and so much more that was going on in there, and we just had to keep paring it down. Um, and in that process, we lost a little bit of the explanation that I wanted in there, which was this idea of totally ripped off of Stargate at one point, where they they, <laughs> they, 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 they gate in to one side uh, uh, of a war and, and only discover later uh, that that's the wrong side. Right, so mm-hmm. they think they're the they, they they get into the victims' side and they hear this victims' type story, and then as they're sort of seeing what's going on in the rest of the world, they realize like maybe these are the bad guys, right? And this one was more of an exploration of the 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 concept of everybody's side has some kind of justification, right? It is a matter of perspective, and then it is also that sense of 
Kratos not wanting to get involved in anybody else's business because he really doesn't know what anybody else's business is. War is conquest or survival, I believe right. he says something mm-hmm. to yeah. that effect. And it's like there's always, uh, you know, that that part of war that everyone is fighting for something specific. And it's like the light of all time was this, does it belong to anybody? That's the question mm-hmm. that is the larger thing is that does it belong to the light elves? Does it belong to the, the, the dark elves? We don't make that determination, and through that process, it is everybody making the judgment of, like, do I like these characters or these characters? Maybe I think they're okay, and then you find out, maybe I did make the wrong decision. What I wanted, and I don't know if we achieved that, was that sense of that you sort of feel just, and then when that happens, you go, dude, why did I choose yeah. this side over that side? Yes. And then and then again, at the end, you know, Mimir says, who, who are we to be the judges, you know, when Atreus right. is saying, yeah, we can do it our, whatever we want. Mm-hmm. So good. I, I I was definitely a little suspicious when you open up the door and all of these non-speaking, which I think was also important to that oh, yes. story, that you yes. never really get their side. Yeah. Uh, it's not just like they're speaking a language you don't understand. They're just kind of glowing and floating around, and they all just kind of drift past you. And the camera definitely focuses on the happiness of Atreus. He's like, this is great. And I'm like, yeah. probably not. Like, <laughs> right. If he's that happy, I don't know. <laughs> and there's an idea with, with Atreus that he is empathetic, but he also can... You know, he can feel or, or, or intuit and hear sort of the thoughts of these other characters, right? Which is great because Kratos is just terrible with communicating with people. So the son's power clearly is, I can understand people better and sort of feel the pain that they're going through. Introduced when he first meets fucking gratitude and is able to understand like, oh, she's afraid of the, the thing in the, the trees over there. This was the, he goes to this place and he's overwhelmed with people asking for help, right? That's the voices he's hearing. But he doesn't know, you can't process which one, which side was asking for help? Or were they both asking for help? Were they both basically wanting him to pick their side? And because he's still young, he doesn't understand how to use these things, he is unable to process this in the right way. And it's really overwhelming, right? And he's a little embarrassed, doesn't want to tell his dad about it. Mm-hmm. It was neat from that perspective, because usually the, the protagonist is the one who gets the voices. Right. And then you have these secondary characters that are all looking at them like they're nuts. Right. And so it was fun to just have him be like, huh? And you're like, right. huh, what? Are you sure what are you talking about? Like, the, the first question Atreus asks when he finds out he's a god, can I turn you into an animal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so awesome. I think that'll come into play later. That's what I feel like. <laughs> what kind of animal, animal did he ask to, to turn into? It's like a... Not a raven. We're asking us. A crow? <laughs> well, because it's super relevant. Oh. A wolf? A wolf. And what character is that like associated with? Loki. Oh. I was telling you even then. Dang it! Those, see if I was Dang like, it! Yeah, All I, the time. I, I knew about. I don't think that's the first there. ability yeah. he gets too. Is the wolf? Is the, yeah. Yeah. Spirit wolf. Yeah. 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 Spirit wolf is awesome. Have you uh, uh, got Ratatasker? Which one? Ratatasker, the the the, the summon. Oh, it was uh, there the was squirrel. The, the squirrel. Oh, I, I love the squirrel. Yeah. yeah, Troy Baker. Squ- squ- uh. <laughs> The no squirrel way. is my end game. I, yeah. I didn't use the squirrel to the very yeah. end, and yeah. now I'm like, yeah, I want to. It's a survival technique for the Valkyries, man. Yeah. That thing is awesome. That's but it's 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 Troy Baker. God, it's so, so good. Wow. Right. Yeah, Troy Baker was... completely put off that you're summoning him every time. <laughs> Learn to block. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then uh, just some supporting characters we didn't we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Sindri and Brock. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Everyone loves him. Gosh. How can you not? Their constant bickering about. You know what each of them has done to your axe. Like you let him touch this. Right. Like, oh, let me fix this. Just the way that's paced out, and you know, Atreus always trying to kind of bridge that right. that gap and try to get mm-hmm. them back on the same page. Uh, it was it was a bright light and a hopeful 
story amidst, you know, the the darkness, if you will, not to sound all poetic, but, you know, every time they showed up, it was... But it's interesting because that story was born in darkness, right? It's modeled after, you know, the sort of uh, Oppenheimer, Niels Bohr concept of uh, Project Trinity, right? They created the, the worst weapon yeah, in humanity. Yeah. They, they, uh, they altered the balance of power uh, uh, for all humanity forever, right? And that is Mjolnir. Yeah. Mjolnir yeah. is the atomic bomb of that world, and Leviathan was their attempt to try to balance the scales, right? And they're they're lighthearted, they're humorous, and they poke at each other, but really they hate themselves for what they did, mm-hmm. and they want to keep doing what Kratos did his whole life, blame the other person, right? And they're giving Kratos and Atreus this opportunity to learn from that. And how they knew Faye, too, and we learned little bits yeah. about her through them, yeah. I thought was so great. There's, yeah, they're there's wonderful. A, there's a question that's been eating at me since I finished the game. And listening to you talk, it makes me even more curious because it seems like you have this huge roadmap of everything you want to do. You know what's going to happen with these characters. You know where they're going to go. But from our perspective, from the audience perspective, I don't know exactly what Thor is going to look like. I don't know what he's going to sound like. Mm. But because there's this space, I don't know when the sequel is coming, right? Like, I'm kind of just filling him in in my mind. Yeah. It's sort of like a, like you, you read the book and then 10 years later you see the movie yep. kind of adaptation. There's not going to be that much time. But is there any concern at all that now that we have this buildup and there's going to be some distance between when we actually kind of show your hand there, Mm -hmm. that there might be a disconnect where it's like, oh man, I didn't expect Atreus to go this way or Mm. I didn't expect Thor to to sound like that. Is is that a concern for you? It's always a concern, I think, when you have any distance between each story. But because it's a concern, I think we approach each problem knowing that and knowing that we have to make that choice. Like the... E3 2016 demo uh, was literally the opposite sort of marketing curve, the way we would communicate with the audience, because normally you'd have like a a, a little tease with the title of the game, Mm -hmm. like a little title thing there, and then they'd have a little tease with like a a CG rendered thing where it just showed the character just for a glimpse, right? And then you'd show a little bit of an extended gameplay trailer and then full gameplay, right? Right. And we just flipped that because... We needed to get out and communicate with people immediately. We needed to get all of the message out. So we needed nine minutes of uninterrupted gameplay so everybody would see, okay, this is what's happening. They can judge it. They can freak out. They can do whatever they're going to do, but they're not speculating, right? They're seeing everything. And then they can speculate about all the other stuff. And I think it's a similar thing when you take on that, okay, who these characters are going to be might not be exactly who you imagine. So perhaps the first time you're going to see them, it's going to be a very strong strong sort of uh, showing to ensure, right? It's that moment at the beginning of uh, Iron Man 2, right? Where uh, uh, Don Cheadle comes up and just says, I'm here, deal with it. Move on, right? And it's that line in the moment, but also a little nod to the audience that says, let's get over it, let's move on. Let's just, let's not Mm -hmm. talk about this the whole movie, right? And I think it's that same thing. It's like finding the right way to kind of introduce people. Who would you put as Thor? Who's in in your mind? It's funny because I I feel like I have this thing where if I just experienced a lot of something relatively recently, it immediately goes into my head that that is the person. And so I think I had like some Chris Hemsworth 
being thought oh, of. Yeah, of Not because I wanted it or right. I think that's ideal. It's just sort of like my mind made a quick slot in yeah. at that moment. But I think it would be a lot more menacing than that. I don't know. Yeah, well, like, yeah Magni and Modi are a tease. They're his, yeah. his sons. Yeah, they yeah. are. They and so are. Like, uh, I think Magni definitely has the kind of more traditional, like what you what I think anybody, if you're just to draw Thor without any kind of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, but like... Yeah, maybe like build hair of, of Magni, but maybe kind of face and temperament of Modi. I don't yeah. know. That's, it's a, kind of interesting putting those two characters together and thinking of it that way. Really, the only teases I, I got were from Mamir and just saying he's like pudgy. I think there's a line. He's overweight. Yeah, that's what he yeah. looked like from that one so, shot. Yeah, so yeah. I just, in my mind, I pictured just this gluttonous, yeah. <laughs> overweight bully. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought of a, like, because Bartek kind of reminded me of what I thought of, like, Hades was in the other God of War. It's yeah. just a oh, little yeah. more, like, yes. like yeah. overweight, but, like, still muscular kind of right. thing. I love the design of Hades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he shows up, Like, I mean, without, like, Hades has, like, spikes going through him and shit, right. but, like... <laughs> and it's just this this Old West vibe, you know, he shows up like a gunslinger at yeah, the, the front end. door. Just flashing yeah. Molnir. Right, yeah. I I think I think the confidence of that landing and the Molnir yeah. look, I was like, all right, we're not messing around yeah. here. Like, mm-hmm. he, Kratos, could, he could mess up Kratos. Yeah, like like does Kratos ever run? Like he yeah. run maybe? Like, I, I, that would be interesting <laughs> you, to you, see Kratos run, run from away. a fight. Yeah. Right? You talk about the speculation though, and there was so much speculation oh, after yeah. that initial reveal. Like yes. and you get you get so many people that are like, okay, this is exactly what this game is. It's exactly like The Last of Us. This is every emotional beat uh. they're gonna do. And it's like yeah. I couldn't have predicted the Blades of Chaos scene or how you would approach this character. And, you know, I'm sure just from overwhelming volume, you have to be aware of that on some level. Like, how do you steel yourself, like, not wanting to pivot to all of the speculation and staying true and knowing that, like, no, we're doing the right thing. Like, we, we let's stick to our vision. Yeah, that's the, that honestly is a question at the core of being a director, I think. Like... That, and and it's on it's years uh, of being beat up that that gets you to that point because I think God of War two was harder. Uh, if, if I was in the era of God of War one, I probably would not have had the the sort of strength to continue on past that. But it's like with this one, it meant so much that I I I think this was the first sort of jump off the cliff and say I'm gonna believe very strongly in every sort of piece of this vision, right? And that I I am open as I leap off that cliff for somebody to give me an idea that is gonna make it better, but an idea that says, I don't like that, you need to just change it. Like that doesn't, no, I like, I I know what I wanted out of this. I know, like I had pitched that, that the ending of the game every time I was doing the pitch in that same sense of like Kratos yelling out into the, the, the sort of storm, you know, who are you? And then just the response is just the fur to flick over. Mm-hmm. And all you see is a glint on a hammer. And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> right? And I it's was like, scared. yes, right? So it's like, I knew we had something with that. But, you know, when we put E3 2016 out, it was a lot of hashtag not my God of War. You right. Know? Yeah. A lot of like, this is just the last of us. And it's like, 
it bummed me out that people would use that pejoratively because Last of Us is exactly. utterly yeah, exactly. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It is an absolutely just a masterpiece of a game. And I know they weren't saying it in a good way, which was like, I was like, oh, cool, that's great. And it's like, actually, initially, I was thinking it was a compliment. And then my wife's like, actually, that's not a compliment. I think they're insulting you. And I'm like, that's messed up because it's a great game. How could they be insulting me with it? Because they're trying to say it's, ah, piss off. Like, uh, I think, it, and, and it's fear, right? That's born out of fear of like you're changing something that is so much a part of me right Mm -hmm. and the only thing i could do was try to continually communicate and express to people it is a part of me too right i am one of the two dads of this character right like jaffe and i feel like we are the fathers of this character and there is absolutely no part of me that wishes to destroy this character to destroy this world it is it is the legacy that I sort of pass on, right? But it's hard uh, because I think until you get your hands on the controller, like it's still doubt, man. Yeah. And we were talking like crazy amounts of doubt. If you follow uh, Reset Era, this little uh, forum, I don't know if anybody knows about that thing. Uh, but like they are so passionate on that forum that every little bit sort of sways this dynamic discussion, right? So then when things are going really good, it's like, oh, this is awesome. Everybody's behind it. And then we have maybe like one, like the leaked video that first came out a, a, a few weeks ago, the first uh, sort of raw feed. And that got everybody really worried, right? And I was like, oh, that's weird. Why is everybody very worried? And it's just they were picking up on one part. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that. But then they see, oh, no, there's some more stuff. They hear the, the commentary from the people who are actually playing it. And they're like, oh, no, okay, good. It's not bad. And I just think... Everyone's so invested. Everyone's so excited that even though we don't want to be that person, we're kind of waiting for something to fail or going... We just can't believe that it'll be good. Right. So we're just like, okay, any sign of potentially failure, I'm going to go right to that. Because clearly it's got to be a failure, right? Uh, and and getting that reassurance, right? The, the, the Star Wars movie reboot, JJ kind of continued a communication with the audience for years, right? That began with... Uh, we are going to do another Star Wars movie and went to these little announcements of like the number of pages in the script <laughs> was, was a freaking announcement, right? And like, hey, we're going to do a release date announcement and we're going to, you know, this is we, the thing he did for the, the charity where he did that, that one video where he was talking about some charity and then behind him puppets were moving and it's like, oh, that's their way of announcing they're going to do live action, like, like physical, practical puppets. That's awesome, <laughs> right? And he just kept communicating with people to let them know, like, look, I'm, I am a fan, just like you, right. right? And for me, I wanted to do that as much as possible. Keep communicating with people. Let them know, like, this is... We care so much about this. Like, we are... We're, we, we, it, we could screw it up, most certainly, right? Mm-hmm. But we would not destroy it with intent. Right? I felt the passion. <laughs> but yeah. The entire time. <laughs> in, a, in a way, though, hearing you say that is so fascinating because for me, personally, I think the doubt was a, an essential part of it. Yeah. Like, huh? like, I not that I had doubt. Like, oh, this game is gonna suck. It wasn't like that. It's just I don't really know what this is gonna be, and I right. think there's just some natural hesitation anytime it's, you make a big change. Like speculative doubt. Yeah, right? speculative doubt. You, like, just, it's just, you just don't know for sure. Yeah. Uh, but you guys, I've seen some games in recent times get out there, and it's almost like this intense insecurity of like. No, guys, this is for the fans. Where this is every single thing that we're doing together. We're gonna make sure that you love it. And it wasn't that kind of advertising. It was, here's what it is, and just go along with the ride. And so when I did have those moments, when I did have those lines of dialogue, it mm-hmm. meant so much more to me uh, because the delt 
the doubt melted away, just like it melted away for Kratos in the game, and like you just, it sometimes it just feels good to have a game that you do doubt. Like you don't want everything to be beaten into you all the time, and I feel like you trusted the audience that like they'll get it we don't yeah. need to beat it into their heads they'll eventually get their it. their doubt makes us work harder too yeah. i mean that's good it keeps us honest like to me i i go on reset all the time because it, it keeps me sort of honest to say like oh wow people are worried about this that's interesting i never have thought about that mm-hmm. right i wish somebody would have been worried about subtitle size on reset because that <laughs> nobody commented on that in any of our playtests like we we never got a comment and then it was just like people talking about it. i was like oh that's okay i can see that i don't have a fair comparison because i have a projection screen at home so uh, my screen is very large mm-hmm. right so i'm just like oh the subtitles are fine for me but i'm not a very good sample size right. uh so yeah, I think that the the, the doubt in, 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 in a certain amount feeds us uh, to be better. Look at that, tying it back to the game. Well, it, it's interesting you brought up, I, I did have uh, uh, right? episode seven in my head and I'm like, I don't know if I wanna bring Star Wars into this conversation, we're kind of bouncing all over the place. But I think a lot of people that, you know, Dad of War was another thing that came up. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't wanna yeah, deal yeah. with this kid. And right. I think there's, you know, a lot of teenagers, a lot of, you know, uh, people in their 20s that are just like, don't have kids, don't care about kids, don't have kids in my games, just, right. ah, I just don't wanna deal with this. No kids in my game. But it, it, uh, I, I saw a lot of comments from people when episode seven was over. They were like, I'm sad. I didn't wanna feel sad at the end of like the Star Wars movie. Like, I wanted to, like, you know, <laughs> rejoice in like the return of the story. Right. And a lot of people were defending it by saying, if you follow any story for long enough, it's not gonna get better necessarily right. it's not gonna necessarily get to a point where it's just always sunshine and rainbows right. and it's like if you want us to return to this character if you want us to explore new things with mm-hmm. Kratos right. we, we have to bring in other characters that are important to him we have to you know uh, uh, just any time it would come up where he's like oh have you killed gods before like oh did you have a family before and you're like how do I even begin to right. explain this and uh, it, it wouldn't have had an impact unless you put him in that uh, precarious situation. Yep. And it would have had an impact if he hadn't had this story leading up to it where none of that was dealt with. Yep. Where it, it was it was completely different subject matter. Uh, and so that's why I think it's such a... Uh, it's it's this game for me was was impactful emotionally because you messed with it yeah. because you you yeah. upturned a lot of these things <clears throat> that were traditional in a sense yeah and not in a way to enrage people but to show people like there there there's so much more to be done with this right. this is the way you continue the story not just rehash totally yeah totally got the vibe of going from the older Resident Evil games to Resident Evil Four uh, with this yes. game yeah. yes that's like the leap I felt no more yeah. umbrella yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> honestly like that was that is a was a huge influence like uh, that that king came out uh while we were in the middle of two i think in the beginning of two yeah uh and you know it, it was so formative i think for me as seeing wow these guys can really mess with it and then while we were making this game seven came out and and i kept looking at the it's like the resident Evil franchise is like the bc boys of, of games, man. it's like every freaking album it's like a punk album it's a techno album like 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 they're all over the place and they're so brave right mm-hmm. and i think it is a, a a great example a great example for every creative out there to see that you know even if it seems like people are not gonna support it I think a lot of people want to take that leap with you, right? They're yeah. scared, and they're going to speak up about it because they that's all they can do. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, it's like that's their communication. That is their voice, and we listen to that voice. But sometimes that voice has to, okay, you got to trust us, right? Yeah. Like, you got to trust mm-hmm. us. And, and, and maybe sometimes we haven't earned that trust. 
I hope at this point that we have earned that trust so that when we ta- try to take any risks in the future, people will be like, all right. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's the same with the team. Like, E3 2016, I had many people coming to me the weeks before saying, we're messing this franchise up. You're screwing this up. You you are, are destroying the legacy. And, and, hey, man, this is... I don't think people are going to like it, right? And it's just that little bit of doubt, a little bit of fear. Right. They mean nothing negative by it when they're saying it. They're just... They're scared because this thing we've been working on for a while is finally going to go out to the public. We're dumb enough to play it live to an orchestra, right? And it's just like so many things combining. Everyone's worried, worried, worried. And then it goes well. And all those people who had that doubt come to me and say, oh, no, you know what? Okay, it was really good. Everything worked out. Two weeks later, same sort of fears, right? Because it's human nature, right? The unknown is absolutely scary. And making games is a constant feeling around in the dark for a freaking light switch, man. Every day, <laughs> we have no clue what the hell we're doing, right? And yet, people give us money to do it. <laughs> Again, we could sit here forever, <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to have to wrap it up. So I want to end it with uh, everyone's, including yours, Corey, uh, favorite parts of the game. Mm. Starting with Ben Moore, putting you on the spot. Ben Moore, what was your favorite part? This is easy. Uh, the Blades of Chaos. Uh, that is That was an incredible moment. I can't imagine experiencing anything this year, like a single moment that will hit me harder than that. There's been a lot of, oh, that was really cool scenes in video games, but I felt like I had to text Michael Huber. I had to scream. I had to like... You got a Slack message for me. This hit me. Yeah. When I knew about it and you guys did it, I was just like... Yeah, it's good. That's good game. I I wish I could have that energy forever. Like the energy of I can't believe this is happening. I need to share it with somebody. So easily that. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, Brand Jones. Uh, the same, but just to expand upon it again, I mentioned like jumping up and down when Athena was in the boat, and uh, um, but g- going into Helheim. And not only having the blades, having that impact, just the the, the raw elemental joy of fighting ice with fire, but ha- not having him, you know, going to climb up a wall and not having him jump. Oh, and aces for having, I think there was one time I saw him vanish, where I went to go activate something and I saw Treus, like, uh. teleport behind me. But, like, all the moments when he gets grabbed, when you, like, have to take that target in the corner so you can have the guy grab you and then see him from across the room getting grabbed by the other guy. Like, anyway, you just organically with gameplay set up. Like, you're going to be facing this direction so you won't see him, you know, run over to where you are. But just, you know, having him by my side this entire time and just this rush that I was feeling. Like, I got to get in, got to get this stuff and then get back out. Uh, Ending with Zeus as well. Just that whole Mm -hmm. area. um, I was just grinning from ear to ear, freaking out. Corey Barlow, what was your favorite part to play? <laughs> oh, wow. A play? Because I was going to go with... Uh, there, there, is a, there are several moments that get me. Like, uh, I've played this game many, 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 many <laughs> times over. Um, but there's a part at the end of the game uh, that was not in the original script that was added from uh, a moment that I had um, that when they're standing, spreading the ashes... There was a moment of silence, right? And that moment of silence was sort of learned from the, oh, I was trying to talk too much in the previous moments. Uh, so this one's going to be the one where they're going to be quiet. And I thought it was so clever. Uh, and then uh, my son, for the first time, uh, said that he loved me uh, without being prompted, right? Mm-hmm. And that moment just, it <laughs> was fucking transcendent yeah. for me <laughs> that I was just so inspired. And I was like, oh my God, that's what's missing. There's a moment where we're seeing from behind, 
and he needs to say, I love you, mom. Like, because he never says it. He never says goodbye. And I was like, oh, my God, to do this. And I was, went in and told the writers, I was like, we have to do this. We have to put that in there. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the silence is pretty good. And I told them the story about my son. And they're like, okay. Okay, I guess I get it. Right. We record it and we put it in. And I swear to God, I fucking cry every single time when he says that. It gets me all the time. So that is, a, that is for me, the biggest moment. That's amazing. I feel like that was so touching that now retroactively that is my yeah. favorite. Yeah. It never would have yeah. been before. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say too when when Kratos lets him hold the ashes too. It's so oh damn. yes. Oh, that is so good. Oh, the whole time, can I hold it? Can I hold it? Uh, many moments. Uh, I the only footage I ever saw this game was the E3 2016 thing. So when I got to the lake and I realized it was kind of like you can just kind of explore. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, I thought this was going to be like your more traditional yeah. God of War going through little areas and whatever. Then when I realized like, scheme is huge. Yeah, yep. The scope huge. was so much bigger than I thought. The first moment I went on a side quest, I was like, okay, let's see how this is. Like kind of just having this dismissive view of side quests where it's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this little task and I'm going to be done. It's like, wait, no, this is its own place. They have There's dialogue about this place yeah. specifically. This matters. This feels important. Oh. <laughs> That yeah. was a very nice moment as well. Yeah. How about the talking ring side quest? Did you do that? No. Yes, I did that. Yeah. Oh. From the yeah, that was yeah. really good. That's payoff I too, love dude. That. There's Go more to see. Yeah. Yeah. There's more to see. Oh, it's really good. You're gonna love that. One. Oh, dude. Sorry. When you read the ogre too for the first time, where you're controlling, I'm just like the old. Oh, yeah. like, oh yes. <laughs> the first one that comes in and Kratos is just like. Yeah. <laughs> but also being on top of them and hitting R2 and the, like, right. the down yeah, punch so especially in a really difficult fight yep. where you're like yeah. I just weaponized him and that turned the tide of this fight <laughs> yep. awesome uh Doing my first charged R2 attack with the Leviathan Axe. And getting the kill with it, too? And getting the kill, like, chopping them. Like, in half. In half? Yeah. And, then oh, also, and then also realizing when they're on the ground and you do it, you can cut them in half that way. Yeah. And you, like, <laughs> kick the rest of it. Uh, I never thought I'd love something more than Bloodborne's Kirkhammer or mm -hmm. Doom's Shotgun. Oh, wow. But I think the Leviathan Axe. And as, yeah, as an <laughs> editor, there. you know, make, working on a review, having no context for the game, and then receiving just this boatload of footage, and then going through it all, it's always really fascinating for me. I can feel the joy. Like, I can, yeah. see, I can just, by watching the gameplay, it's like, I can, see, I can feel him. Oh, oh, discovering all these things. Let me try it on him. Oh, I missed. Let me try it again. <laughs> You know, throwing great. it and just catching it back has got to be one too. of the most. Just the doors, yeah. Like, oh, that felt good. Mm -hmm. Just knocking that yeah. door open. Puzzles yeah. really scare me in video games. Yeah, yeah. I get me too. I get so <laughs> nervous. I get stuck. I get I get frustrated if I'm on it for too long. And God of War is the franchise. And speaking of Resident Evil, Resident Evil and God of War are the franchises that are just have the perfect puzzles in terms of difficulty. I always have to kind of survey it, pause, figure it out for a second. Oh, that doesn't really work. Uh, okay, try. Okay, that works. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. It just feels so good. It's a testament to the amazing level designers we have that they are obsessive about finding the best solution. That kind of middle ground of it is complicated, it engages you cerebrally, but does not become the obtuse, use the sandwich in the lock, right, yeah. to open the door. And you're like, <laughs> well, the hell is that all about, right? <laughs> Wow. Thank you so, so much, Corey, for coming and joining us on this spoiler mode of the new God of War. 
I have nothing else to say. I have something to say. What do you guys say, Johns? This show will soon be Patreon exclusive. Yes. Uh, you're watching a very special episode, yes. obviously, for having Corey here, but uh, this will be free to everybody. Uh, we just <laughs> announced this will be a new tier that we have passed if we start uh, the month of May, and we are still above 42K. We will be producing at least one spoiler mode a month. That if you are a patron of Easy Allies, patreon.com slash Easy Allies, that will be an exclusive show for you, $1 and above patrons. You can check out these wonderful spoiler modes. If only want- we could convince Corey to come to every single one. Right? <laughs> 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 so, Infinity War, Corey, what I thought about Iron Man, yeah. You brought Iron Man 2, so we're already, we're already there. Far Cry 5, we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> great, great. Thank you so much again. Thank you for having me, this was awesome. I love it. Cool. Thanks for watching, everyone. Review copy, provided by PlayStation.